With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. Welcome to the Evolution of Business show. I'm your host, Dave Clare. And in today's episode, our guest is nothing short of spectacular. It's a journey from multi-level marketing and losing his way into becoming a male stripper and then a teacher and finally finding his passion for business. Yes, our guest today is none other than Levi Saunders and he's gonna take you on an amazing journey through his life and how he has evolved himself and his business to stay relevant in the hearts and minds of the people that they choose to serve in Digital Hitmen. Uh, It's an amazing story. I'm looking forward to sharing this interview with you. So stay tuned, here comes Levi. Welcome to the Evolution of Business podcast. Business is a series of evolutions. This podcast explores how to stay relevant in the hearts and minds of the people you choose to serve. It will look for the lessons and the failures of the past and share the success of those getting it right today. What is the next evolution of your business? Now, here's your host, Dave Clare. Three, two, one, and action. Action. <laughs> we're, we're keeping it. We're keeping it. It's all part of it. That's going to go in the blooper reel for sure. Yeah. Wow. Hey, well, uh, <laughs> just making sure it's recording now. <laughs> are we live? Are we recording? You're we ready? are live. Awesome. Uh, so welcome to the Evolution of Business show here with Levi Saunders, the co-founder of Digital Hitman. Uh, several far-reaching achievements for this young man here. Um, through the online realm, I was sitting there like, that sounds like some fantasy world in the <laughs> online realm. Uh, but really cool to uh, have Levi here. He's a teacher turned businessman, uh, found his passion for business and uh, took his interest to grow an online marketing SEO lead gen business, which is a massive dedication and hard work, I believe, behind mm-hmm. uh, building the digital hitmen into one of uh, the top digital agencies in Perth. Mm-hmm. I think that's an underestimation, but it might be in all of Australia, mate, so we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but now has... a. Uh, now, beyond, mate, like, I couldn't believe this. How many businesses you got? So now he has an online flooring store, a decor uh, concrete um, stamping business, uh, Perth Classic Car Charters. It's a car rental business, like limousines and stuff. That's really right. Cool yeah. cars. Wow. All that is up your sleeve too, mate. How long are your sleeves? Oh, at the moment, we're going, we'll, <laughs> we'll, on paper, we're going in between five businesses at the moment. So. Wow. Yeah, it's a little bit of a structure. I'd just like to say, though, um, I don't own 100% equity in any of those. So, yep. um, And that's part of the reason, obviously, I'm able to perform at a high level is because yep. I've got the right people around me. So Sweet. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Mm-hmm. So just before, because there's still more about you, mate. Look, this mm-hmm. is, the, the, the resume is long. Mm. Um, so using his extensive SEO skills and expertise uh, in acquiring thousands of qualified leads, not only for your own business and your clients. I mean, it's really great to see that you can acquire it for your own business. It's, mm-hmm. To me, I think it's really great sign of a, of a business when, you know, mm. you see a lot of people who can generate leads for you, but they can't generate leads for their own business. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, which is a great sign and, uh, mm-hmm. of the work that you guys do. 
but you're an expert in SEO, web design, social media marketing, uh, apps, graphic design, and also sales, business development, competitor analysis, conversion, and optimization. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, I guess, if anyone wants leads or a website um, or improve their lead conversion rate, mm-hmm. just have a chat to, to me. Just have a chat to me. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty upfront about that because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, um, the likelihood of us being the right fit for a client or whatever is, is actually quite low. Mm. Um, but the likelihood of me being able to <laughs> capitalise on your network or your being, you being able to capitalise on mine is actually quite high. So yeah. provide value wherever you go and yep. you have access. Yeah, that's amazing. So, so I mean, th- this show, the Evolution of Business show, is about um, sharing with the audience you know, how to evolve your business by evolving yourself mm-hmm. uh, and so that you stay relevant in the hearts and minds of the people that you choose to serve. Mm. Um, and it's obviously the, the work that I do in the world. Um, give, us, give us your backstory. So give us you know, five or ten minutes. Ta- tell us the Levi Saunders story mm-hmm. um, and you know, how we ended up here today. Yeah, well, I guess I've really got to start um, just to give a bit of uh, grounding and perspective of, of where I've come from in terms of where I am now. Mm. Um, nine, just over nine years ago, um, I was a school teacher in Tasmania where I was born and bred in a country town. Um, and I guess everyone around me there was uh, kind of... Um, well, they were happy within themselves um, at the school I was teaching at. Uh, they're all were all quite a similar age, early twenties uh, at the time. They were uh, getting uh, married and having kids and, and doing all those wonderful things, and, and I didn't really want a bar of that. And back then, for me, um, it, moving to Western Australia, you know, I don't know if you call it a country town mindset or, or what it was, but moving to Western Australia, um, you know, fighting my way into the Australian mining industry uh, and getting a job driving a dump truck was the equivalent of, of millions of dollars a year you know wow you get to you get to work two weeks and then you get a whole one off you know in 10 years I'm going to be able to afford to have an old Mustang and and have a house on the the coast of Western Australia and who knows maybe I'll have a girlfriend <laughs> so um, I came over here um, and and I did everything like I, I literally I, I've never met anyone that's done as many diverse career options as what I have um, I started in hospitality over here. Um, mm-hmm. I was never really good at serving people in that way. Um, you know, I, I spilled drinks, I got orders wrong, um, I ate all the food and, uh, you know, I was, I was probably the worst bartender slash waiter that, that had ever come into the, uh, uh, the East Fremantle Raff, uh, Yacht Club or Raffles Hotel, and, uh, mm-hmm. which I didn't get sacked, but I, uh, they had no more hours left for me. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, but one day at working at the East Fremantle Yacht Club as well, um, uh, it was Melbourne Cup Day and uh, the, the boss at the time said, I'll give you $200 to pull beers in your undies for now. So um, so that's exactly what I did. And, uh, you know, so at one point, and I'm, I'm not scared to admit it, you know, we had, had different careers going on, but, but I was uh, at one point, you know, I was a... A topless waiter slash uh, male stripper, and um, and that's kind of how I learnt my way around Perth because I've I've got a notoriously uh, bad history of of getting lost in bad directions. So, yeah, everything happened for a reason. Um, you know, I had my stints in the mining industry, I did yep. drilling and scaffolding, and in incredibly dangerous work. Um, you know, I had even had a uh, crack at the adult entertainment industry and got got about forty <laughs> or so. Magic Levi. Yeah, if, <laughs> one thing I learned out of that, it's, it's got nothing to do with what you look like. It's all about how you treat people mm. and how do you uh, read the room and how you react and respond, um, you know, to what their wants and needs are. You know, at the end of the day, if you're selling yourself, you're, you're selling yourself to be there and please them, yeah. um, you know, in an actual, 
not a, not a sleazy manner, put it mm. that way. Yep. So, yeah, so I've had all that, did all those things. Uh, by chance, I would say roughly about seven years ago, I got thrown into the network marketing industry, which was my first um, initial experience of business, um, if you could call a referral-based system that. Mm. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that industry anymore. Uh, however, it was certainly the, the best business um, course, I guess, in, this, in a prepackaged business that you could ever hope for mm. because it supercharged anything that you could do. Um, at the time, network marketing had been forgotten about Australia and reintroduced, so it was a booming thing and it, it went through this growth um, of you know being able to sign people up and have people underneath you in this you know um, uh, a triangle kind of structure system or whatnot, um, and then you know you were making money off people being able to go out and distribute that product, um, and it was a really great product. So I learned a hell of a lot about business very quickly. Yeah. Uh, I learned about the psychology behind it, what people do to you know bring people over or steal prospects, or you know there's all sorts of business warfare going on. You know everyone was insecure at the same time. Everyone was you know just fighting to to get more people underneath them in their system so they could have more residual income. And, yeah. Um, so that was my real kind of introduction into business, um, and did incredibly well out of it. So really grateful for it. Don't necessarily believe in the business model like I did, but I'm very mm. grateful for the experience yep. uh, and the people that I met along the way. Um, from then, I didn't really want to have too much to do uh, with business after that, and went back to teaching for a while. I guess the reason for that, you know, I I saw the dark side. Um, you know, people offering me all sorts of money to join other businesses, and you know. It, it's nice to believe that you, you're a desirable person, but the reality is that they want your network. Um, mm. that was, that's what makes network marketing work. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I had, had all that. I didn't really want to have much of a bar of it. And I always swore if I was going to go back into that industry again, um, I was not only going to go from a sales and, and people management point of view, I was going to come in uh, with some really kind of hardcore skills um, where my fascination of search engines grew. So um, I knew Brad for years, yeah. I guess, before I went into business with him. Um, I respected who he was and what he did, um, how he was able to identify the, the things that people want um, and then put himself in a position through SEO and websites uh, where he could be the best option for those people wanting those things in prime time position. And I thought, this is the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and uh, everyone else around him was just like, don't listen to that guy. He's, a, he's this, he's that, he, you know, like he cheats with websites and blah, blah, blah. And I just thought, wow, you know, if you can master that thing. Mm. Um, and everyone kind of goes, oh, lockdown, COVID-19 and all that kind of stuff. Why well, kind of think, well, I locked myself in a room for three years and, you know, mm. force-fed myself SEO because, you know, I'm a, I'm a very charismatic, outgoing kind of person. Yep. And that was really tough to go through that period and have clients and, you know, work with them and, you know, burn all your resources looking after them, which sometimes we still do yep. um, to get those results. You know, it's, it's been a really tough journey to build digital hitmen. Yep. Um, but I always said to Brad, I said, uh, you don't know how valuable what we're doing actually is. Um, and some of these people will want SEO contracts, some of them will want to go into profit share and some people, believe it or not, will actually uh, give you substantial amounts of equity in their businesses because they want things that they can't get for themselves now because we're moving into this online era mm. and search engines just pay the bills so well. Yeah, wow. The um, One thing I really enjoyed about 
listening to your story there, every stage you talked about what you learned mm. from all those different things that you'd done mm. um, throughout your life. And I think that's yeah. really important because sometimes, you know, there's this pressure on people to mm. find their calling or their purpose. You know, yep. me as I'm a big purpose guy. Yeah. But, you know, the best thing to do is just go out and experience stuff and Absolutely. make sure that you're learning from it, learning what you do like, learning what you don't like, what, say you even learned all the stuff you didn't like mm. in your uh, network marketing days. Mm. Um, and and you're able to take that to help you to learn and build everything that you are today. It's Absolutely, really powerful. yeah. Look, I think one thing I'd just like to share uh, about what I've really learned recently mm. um, is that I'm actually under a, a, an intense amount of pressure, not only in our business life, which is going through growing pains now. Like you, I always mm. thought I had growing pains. Now we've got growing pains. Mm. Um, and also um, in my personal life as well, which which uh, you actually know about as well, like mm. having all these things happen, uh, but I've been focusing really hard on actually being in the present moment because mm. I'm a bit of a, um, what's the word, a bit of a visionary and I kind of float off a, lot, a bit and I'm not doing it as much now and I'm just really enjoying the now, like just being here, looking at my hands, you yeah. know, refocusing, recalibrating. Um, and, you know, I made that decision last night, although I've got something that's happening tomorrow, uh, that's very eventful, you know, mm. I made that decision to be here in the now, um, no matter what. You yeah, know, but who cares if you miss two hours sleep? Like, now will pass and then it'll be then and I'll, I want to make sure I'm here now. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's uh, it's really important. When you think about that from a business context, mm. like, because it, it's so, like, as a human being, it's so powerful just to mm. be at the moment. Cause, I'm you know, really vulnerable right now. Yeah. Mm. I uh, love it. Yeah, which is, isn't that, isn't that powerful? Mm. Um, you know, it's just... You know, invulnerable meaning an open wound. So it's mm. you're sharing your open wound with the world in terms of like I'm being very, really vulnerable at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and there's a lot of talk about vulnerability and, and authenticity and leadership right now. So, mm. how do you think that helps you from a leadership point of view? This sense of vulnerability that you're feeling right now? Oh, look, um, I, I could probably say I'm a very honest person and I'll say uh, particularly over the last year um, I've gone through quantum leaps of personal growth which, which mm. have needed to occur to, to get to the next level because, mm. you know, you butt your head against the wall until you move forward or you don't and you, mm. you stay there and, and make it work within that parameter but the next level has been really hard for us to achieve. So... Um, People know me as someone that's very vulnerable and emotional. Mm. Uh, that's definitely worked well for me. Yeah. Um, but it's also been to my detriment as well because it's at points um, and most people that know me well enough will know that, that there's been uh, multiple times where, um, you know, my thoughts and feelings uh, have, have become me. Mm. So um, being able to now being able to look at them from a bird's eye perspective and say, hey, well, that's that's not actually me. That that's that's just the thought or that's emotion or whatever. Um, it's a, it's allowing me to still be vulnerable, um, but also see things for what they are as well and let them pass through me. Yeah, and I think that's a really important point you mm. made there because um, it, it can make you become you, but they actually have come from you, mm. but it doesn't have to become you. Yeah. Absolutely. And if you can isolate or separate the two, that mm. we're only human beings, so it's only natural to have that emotive or emotional, mm. uh, you know, be emotionally hijacked from time to time and mm. things like that and be able to express stuff. Absolutely. But it's yeah. up to you whether you choose to allow that to define you or not yeah. and allow that to become you or not. Mm. Um, it has come from you, but it's mm. it's how long we choose to hold on to that or do we embrace it or do we just let it go? Oh, absolutely. And, and like what I got tattooed on my chest um, all those years ago, you know, when I was in the middle of the desert, you know, shitting in a drop toilet and working in exploration driller, drilling, getting covered in head to toe mud every day, I got something tattered on my chest. Mm. You know, pain is inevitable. 
suffering is optional. Right. And uh, let me tell you, they, they, you go out there and they go there to break you, you know, grown men crying on their first day. I slept under mm. the stars for five days, you know, when I was there and I was mm. like, I don't want to be here. This is not me. Mm. But at the same time, you know, what a powerful place to know where I don't want to be uh, and push through and know that no matter what I do from here, it's never going to be as tough as what I'm experiencing right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so. And how did that t- t- tattoo work out when you were a, a topless dancer? Oh, yeah, look, the girls loved it. <laughs> what does that mean? I should have got it bigger because they found it hard, really hard to, um, to read. <laughs> could have played into to my – could have played in person. There was a trying to read it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you've got to have a tat somewhere, right? Do you have any tattoos? I do, as a matter of fact. Oh, is that right? Yes. Personal? Uh, no, it's one. It's right here. It's a sun on my back of my neck. My wife and I both have uh, – um, sun's tattooed on the back of our necks because we mm-hmm. always want to have the sun shining on our backs. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's part of the reason we moved back to Australia. Well, I lived, my wife had never been to Australia before, but the reason we moved down here was to chase the endless summer. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we had, uh, she already had one, and so I got, for her birthday, she wanted me to get one on my back. Yeah. And I'll be very vulnerable at the moment. I cried like a little baby. <laughs> but that needle hit right in the spine. I'm like, dude, come on. Yeah. I was grabbing that chair and I'm like, yeah. this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. I got to the end of the mine and she's like, um, she's like so glad it's over because I squealed. And, uh, and then I'm like, I want to give you a tip. And she just wanted to get me out the door. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Stop crying and get out. <laughs> yeah. Pain is inevitable. Mate, you're full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> you suffered the whole she time. So, so let's talk. Um, one of the things that, that I challenged leaders on is, the, mm-hmm. is the, between growth and evolution. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been a lot of talk, especially here in the West Australia market, for many, many years, like uh, this growth economy and grow, growing our business, mm-hmm. grow, grow, grow. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, which is good. We and we should always grow our business. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I have no problems with that. But I, I, I'm a firm believer that sometimes we can grow our business into obscurity or irrelevance. Yeah. So growth isn't always a good thing. Yes. You know, imagine even here when the construction boom and mining ended, yep. all those people have been growing their business and they had all this asset and capital that they added to their business mm. and no work now. Mm. Yeah. Because, you know, all of a sudden the market had shifted or things had changed and they weren't evolving with that, mm. um, but they were just growing. Yeah. So talk to me from, you know, how do you look at the difference between growth and evolution from a business perspective? Mm. Well, I think a word that I like to use a lot is scaling mm. um, because I've resisted it for a very long time. Um, and the reason for that is because it's very hard to scale br- uh, brilliance. So mm. I think... Um, whatever decision you make in, re- in regards to growth, um, it needs to come from a point, an evolution type point in Ooh. the sense that um, you've got to evolve with the business. You know, if we're known for a, a, a very high level of performance with clients. That's why they come to us. Yep. You know, whether we're the first or the fifth agency, you know, we're probably we may be more likely to part ways with them in some cases. Mm. Um, and the reason for that is because we are just diehard, we get results. You know, we, we don't look at um, the ROIs within the first six months because we know it needs to be done, you know, within that budget and every dollar needs to be spent so we can lock them in for the next 10 years. So mm. um, the only way that, I guess, digital hitmen lasts is if we carry that philosophy forward mm. um, and we scale that. Um, and the beautiful thing that, I guess, that's happening is... is uh, 
for me, it's it's letting go of my ego and understanding that you know there's people within my business now that that um, are better than me at what they do. Mm. Um, there's Brad, for example, and Adams, you know, a real stickler for detail and uh, very efficient. The the developers, I, c- I could never do code myself. You know, I've got all these people around me, and it's it's not about me removing myself from the business, but it, it's about scaling br- brilliance. Um, mm. And the next step is we've got fantastic uh, systems and tools in place in terms of project management, um, uh, try and tracking software and, um, you know, all the accounting and everything between five businesses has to be impeccable. Um, but I guess evolution is also uh, evolution of the mind, you know, evolution of your mind's ability to, to be able to withstand more pressure for longer so you can get further. Um, and you know as a business coach, you know, within the first five to ten years, um, first of all, you've got to let yourself off the hook if, if the capital isn't there for yourself straight away. You know, you're yeah. not on the big wage or anything else like that. Mm. Um, but it's about having that sticking power to, to take that money and use it and reinvest it into the business to make it something really great. You know, it's the difference between turning over a couple hundred thousand dollars a year and turning over millions yeah. um, is fueling the fire and your business desperately needs it within the first five to ten years and your business desperately needs it more than ever now at a, a changing time like this due to the economy and, and technology and everything else like that. And I think most business owners would just never get that past that point. In fact, I'm not even sure that I could have got past that point um, of evolution if I didn't have people, you know, slapping me on the wrist saying, you know, it's not, not the time to be putting your hand out, it's the time to be putting your head down mm. um, and, and getting more work done and getting more results because that's what the real commodity is at this point. You know, we're still at that uh, kid dynamite phase with Mike Tyson. We've got a lot to prove. Yep. We're still a very young business, even the first one, Digital Hitmen, um, and all the other ones we do, you know, the, the systems and tools that, that are being put in place with the flooring store at the moment um, are just incredible, you know, just just making profound differences in the business and, and I can't wait to apply more, you know. Every time we adopt a new system or process that we identify as just an absolute check in the armour in the business, we have a quantum leap every time, like whether it's project management or time tracking software, mm. um, but we're just going through the biggest ones ever now. So it's, um, it's scary, um, but ever with evolution, I guess, comes pain in a sense as well. Um, Suffering so is optional. Exactly, it is. <laughs> yeah, that, most of the time. Yeah, most of the time. <laughs> don't, um, don't die me. <laughs> yeah, the um, you know, and uh, the importance of systems, I think, is is sometimes underplayed in organizations. But you yeah. talked a lot about systems being what's helping you to level up and yeah. things like that. You know, in great book out there. I atomic. hate them. Like oh. I am the I'm the last person to adopt them. You know, like we've got these spreadsheets and stuff, and I know they help out. I know that they do. It just takes me ages to do them. Mm. I'm not very good at creating the system myself, but in the long term, I'm very, very good at following them. Um, and I'm lucky that you know my team um, and Brad as well will make sure that I'm following the system as well. And if they don't, they don't respond to me in the way that I like. Yeah. So I'm very grateful to have those people that do that for me as mm. well because my energy can be very nuclear at times. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, so there's, once again, that's a system of accountability that mm. you have that everyone has to use that yeah. system even if you don't like it kicking and screaming yeah um but you're you have to use it yeah you know? and absolutely so atomic habits james clear his book mm. um love it is a lot of the work that i do is he's, he just articulates some of it so beautifully but he mm. says you don't rise to the level of your goals you only fall to the level of your systems mm. 
and have, having systems in an organization. And I really believe that evolution is a system in, it's a, there's a systematic approach to building an organization that continually evolves. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And you talked a bit about it, scale and you know, growing in scale. Mm. No, to me, growing is simply doing more with more, mm. whereas scaling is doing more with less or equal. Mm. Yeah, you know? exactly. So, so and, and then if you layer in a process of evolution through that, mm. it allows you to not only grow or scale in staying relevant in the hearts and minds of the people that you choose to serve, because when the market pivots or something else happens or a disruption, mm. you know, like we've dealt with over the last little while here mm. around the world, mm. if you're in a process of evolution, you're preparing always for... Absolutely. Something like that. And sometimes personal sacrifice can be the, the breaking point for most people or whatever, you know. Yeah. I just want to have a new car. You know yeah. what I mean? Like okay. that kind of thing. Yeah, it, it's, yep. If people can't just sacrifice those things or, you know, not view them as a sacrifice or be, you know, happy with the things that they already have as well. You know, yeah, as, as and, it, and yeah, I would hope that especially the businesses have learned over the past, 10 years or so here in Australia when things started mm. flattening out a little bit prior yeah. to all this, that, uh, you know, you have your million-dollar homes and your $100,000 land cruises and your boats and your everything, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But sooner or later, your business is the one that has been paying for that. Yeah. you got to pay back the business. Yeah, exactly. Right? And you got to put it back into the business in terms of yourself and or your energy. Yeah. Um, There's no point going, oh, it's not fair, and what's the government going to do about it? Mm. Nobody was complaining when you were taking money out of your business. Yeah. Mm. You know? It's uh, fuel fuel on the fire, mm. and um, we're geared to get long term rewards from that. You know, reinvesting mm. the business in terms of tax and, and that kind of stuff as well. You know, yep. um, the end of the day, like we're in a we're in a great country. By, by no means, per uh, are the rules and regulations in this country perfect, but mm. they're more spot on than most countries. And and they you know, at the end of the day, the, the country wants you paying good taxes and, and to keep the business within the country and, and to tick yep. over and you know, be able to afford to pay more GST and do all these things and they do that by, you know, trying to make the system as fair as possible, so... I'd love to pay $10 million in taxes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. You know, I have a problem with that. Yeah, definitely. You know, that's a sign yeah. of doing a great business. Then yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I just find it all fascinating, um, you know, this, you know, because one of the things that you've talked a little about here is obviously is, is the long game, mm. and and I love that you know you guys even the way you you do your strategy from an SEO point of view you're you're playing mm. the long game with that client, mm. right? And even the way you reinvest in your business you're playing the long game, mm. you know. So and I think Gary V talked a little about it. So you know some people work love to make Gary V. Yeah, yeah, I love his stuff. So he, some of his philosophies are so like simple but bang mm. on. Like you can you know work to make three hundred thousand dollars this year, or you can make a mm. hundred thousand dollars a year to make thirty yeah. million in five years. Yeah. Exactly. You know, but if you keep taking out, then you're mm. never going to have that to reinvest. So he just keeps reinvesting, reinvesting, reinvesting. Yeah. And he loves the process. Yeah. He's, he's, he's never going to be there, but at the same time, he just loves what he's doing right now. He loves the shoes that he's wearing, you yep. know, as worn out as they may be. Mm. And I just have the utmost respect for him. And I, I do because he's coming at a time when, when people need that. You know, everyone wants everything now. Um, and the opportunity is going for it the long, you know, picking some things that you really love and sticking to it for years and years and years and enjoying the whole process of yeah. doing it. The and wins, the losses, the successes, the failures. 100%, mm. you know, your attitude to responding to uh, turbulence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, um, which is a great feeling when you, when you catch it out. Yeah. Not so great feeling when you get caught up in it. Yeah, no. 
But yeah. once again, it, I guess it depends on how long do you stay in the turbulence. Yeah, exactly. You know, this is like anything, because even when all this stuff was happening around us in the world it started, mm. we, we always had two choices, Levi. One is, you know, victim mindset or victor mindset. Mm. So victim mindset says, why is this happening to me? Mm. Whereas victor mindset says, why is this happening for me? Yeah, exactly. And, it, and you know, it's only human to sometimes get Bingo. caught up in... You know, oh God, what's why is this happening? I don't even catch myself saying it, but it was how long I decided to stay in that space mm-hmm. that makes the difference. How long do you stay in turbulence, or do you yep. find a way out to fly up above the clouds or below the clouds to get out of the turbulence? Mm. Exactly, right? Gets mm. us in clean air. I like that analogy. Hmm. I really like it. Right. So, so talk to me about um, what would you say is your biggest evolution as a leader? Evolution as a leader. Yeah. It's, um, Last time you leveled up, and this, you know, what was your what's the what you know from where you were to who you are today? Mm-hmm. What was the evolution of you? Well, I think I think it really applies to. Um, I guess, it's funny because it actually applies to search engines in a sense. That's <laughs> probably what taught me one of my biggest lessons mm-hmm. in business. Um, and when you don't know much, you you tend to have some really loose, euphoric ideas, mm-hmm. like whether it be at the start of business or whether you're coming off the back of a network marketing business, you know, that's that's what's bred, you know. It's born and bred, high five, hug your mate type shit. Yeah. Um, and for me, it was really, uh, you know, oh, I'm going to, you know, I didn't understand demand, you know. I thought, oh, you know, you had this... So many people like they have new business ideas. It's uh, you know five ten years ago it was all about creating a t-shirt brand. Mm. You know now it's all about creating a mobile phone app. You know <laughs> have you ever built an app before? No, <laughs> <laughs> but some wi- willing person will. <laughs> they'll give me the majority chance of the business. I'll I'll offer it to them. Yeah. Okay, so why wouldn't they build that themselves? Yeah. Um, so they didn't have the idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> if they build apps, they certainly probably did. But mm. in the sense that. You know, like it's first of all, it's people stepping outside their skill set initially mm. to start a business. So, yep. for instance, if you uh, and I've met a lot of people that that um, you know three, two or three stand out. You know, one spent half a million dollars building an app that was dependent on the developer building it. So they ran out of resources before they had any money left over to advertise. Mm. Um, and, you know, another person did the same thing and, and I had to break it to them when they're sitting around the family table, you know, and they've, they've invested $100,000 in a mobile phone app that's, that's fundamentally flawed. So I guess what I'm saying is, is two things. Uh, one is um, when you're starting out, you know, first of all, you've got to make sure it's something that you actually do know and love. The idea is one thing, but by being able to implement and, and capitalise on it, fuel it, keep it going before you even go to market is mm. a whole new other thing. Um, the other thing, it's also not about what I think anymore. You know, it's not about what I think is a brilliant, innovative app that's a euphoric idea. Um, it's it's about what other people think. You know, it's not about my interpretation of what people need. Oh, everyone's going to fucking love this T-shirt brand because I made it yeah. or this, this um, style of phone case because, you know, it's covered in this stuff and I just think that's brilliant. It's not what about I think anymore. It's about what other people think and that's what search engines teach you very quickly. So all of a sudden you've got all this data in front of you and you can see the things that people are looking for at this point in time, you know, although you can't tell future trends or business models or inventions that haven't existed yet. When you start to study what people want and what people think, um, you can not only uh, cater business models towards that, but you can also start to read the play a little bit and think about the things that people may want or think about in the future as well. So... Um, that's 
studying search engine traffic's allowed me to do that, you know, trending industries and, and, and actually really just focusing on it and then you apply it in a personal level. You know, I, I always I always think and sometimes worry about how people are feeling because if if people around me aren't feeling great, then then I would hope that they would tell me, yeah. Um, because I'd want to be that type of leader that um, people feel comfortable enough to say, "Levi, I feel like shit," because I tell everyone when I feel like shit. Like I, I just think that level of communication and trust between people um, is not that I want them to be vulnerable. It's just that I want them to to feel like they can talk to me, you know, um, yeah. well, it's or, a safe or place talk where they to can, someone else. It needs to be a safe environment for them yeah. to express themselves without so, fear of, you know, reprimand or... Yeah. yeah. So so from a personal evolution then, would you say then it, when you started realising that it's not about what you think, it's about what other people think, mm-hmm. that meant is that, was that the evolution moment or the, the process? Absolutely. Would that shift in thinking for you? Yeah, and it wasn't just, it just, you know, I think you can tell it to people until they're blue, black in the face and then they'll go back to their idea and they'll craft their ideas so they'll be like mm. oh well, this is what people think I got it wrong the cartoon on the t-shirt needs to be blue you know and then they'll go back to thinking what they want to think because it's their euphoric idea but when you truly encompass that and your sole purpose becomes um, you know creating a service or product that, that really does um, identify and solve other people's problems uh, that people are actively looking for and it's at a high quality whether it's a service or product uh, that that's the thing um, that, that's going to determine, you know, whether this this business model is going to be viable long term or not. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, and that's, that's really important. And it's really mm. it's fascinating too because there's two two schools of thought around that. One, mm. you know, it's it's what other people think, which is important. But sometimes mm-hmm. people don't know what they actually they might know what they want, but they don't know what they need. So if mm. you go back to, you know, the old saying where Henry Ford, uh, if he'd asked his people what they wanted they would have said more horses instead he gave them more horsepower yeah so what they really wanted was to go further and faster interpretation right mm. um, and so it's really understanding what it is that they want mm. um, and steve jobs if anybody was one of those brilliant people at this of course he's you know uh, um, mp3 players existed before the ipod mm. two, two to three years right but he said i'm gonna put ten thousand songs in your pocket mm. that's what people wanted mm. Um, and so he was either also brilliant at marketing and that as well. Yeah. But uh, you know, and it's uh, you know nobody knew. I always say nobody knew they needed a fax machine until there was one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you had to have two. But I think the other thing as well is um, I think a lot of people, uh, mm. especially that have no business experience, mm. go straight to the um, invention style business as mm. well. I think then what I like to call is the stepping stone business model, where it's you know finding a, a, a needed local service based business, no matter what it was, even if it's you know, cleaning roof gutters or whatever yep. and being able to learn how to run a successful business that turns over money that can be automated can be a stepping stone to um, not only having the the infrastructure and resources to actually follow through with an idea but to actually have the foundations um, to, to grow an idea as well. So, you yeah. know, it's like trying to grow a plant with no soil or water or yeah. nutrients. So, yeah. yeah. I, I find that a lot in startup world, a lot of mm. uh, speaking engagements with startups, mm. and I always find they're always trying to start up a business rather than actually start up solving a problem. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then that's why they're needing to get seed capital straight away because mm. they're trying to get money to build a business rather mm. than actually solve a problem, go do some grassroots work with somebody, solve yeah. a problem, get paid to do that, mm. do some more proof of market, proof of, mm. proof of concept. And then, of course, as you start doing that, then you need to organize mm. 
stuff other resources therefore you need an organization of those resources mm. therefore you need a business then you should be seeking possible other capital or whatever at that stage yeah exactly you know? well that's another dangerous thing as well mm. people getting access to capital too early yeah no, absolutely and then <laughs> yeah. and you wonder why so many startups don't make it because they're mm. you know you know once again i'm not a venture capitalist so i'm not one mm. to speak but i i look at it and go well hang on too many people are trying to start up a business rather than trying to start up the solution to a problem yes because yeah. that's what the startup should be i agree yeah you know, um, mm. so that so from from your evolution as a leader, then what what's been for Digital Hitman, for example? What do you think has been the you know how long how long you guys had Digital Hitman now? Uh, I think we must be in our fifth year of trading, okay. um, going hard for yep. certainly three years of that. Okay, so let's go back three years. Is the business that you guys had three to five years ago mm. the same business that it is today? No. Right. No. And in the next three to five years, will Digital Hitman be the same business that it is today? It'll be drastically different. Right, because business mm. is a series of evolutions. Mm. So when you think about the evolution journey of Digital Hitman, what, you know, what was your biggest evolution to date? For, from a personal level or as a business? For the business. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, systems and tools was probably yeah. – it's not glamorous, but, but no. I, I live by saying um, – uh, I do now. <laughs> um, I live by saying, uh, you know, you've, you've, there's a lot of, well, first of all, there is a lot of magic in the mundane and you sometimes you've got to learn to live with that. Yep. Um, Fundamentals aren't fun, they're just the mental. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's a lot of truth to it. There's a lot yeah. of magic. There's something very therapeutic um, about uh, identifying the things that, that are going to make a website rank really well. Um, and then making sure that these things get ticked off and making sure when we do those things we do them better and throw more resources at them than, than anyone else. Mm. Um, so it was about identifying that philosophy all the way through with our clients. You know, it, the last three years, it, you know, it's not about you know, getting a, a blog post written up and putting it in for the sake of it. It's, it's about breaking the whole process up and doing it really systematically and, and really quickly um, so it all starts with the topic itself. So the whole blog or whatever it is that we're doing or page of content or, you know, sourcing backlinks or whatever it mm. is, um, if the reason behind it um, is flawed, so if if there's no value in that piece of content, it's literally just there like, you know, talking about something that, that people really don't need to hear or not looking for or not really interested in. So it's about providing value. So... For instance, um, we own a couple of uh, tow truck websites. Yep. Um, so a particular blog post that, that I might have done for that is, is all about car oil. So it's everything – I wanted to create the, the most comprehensive guide um, about everything to do with car oil. So, you know, finding every single little question that people are asking on the internet – um, and then coming up by step-by-step guides, you know, viscosity and, and different vehicles mm. and what can go wrong if you, you know, all these what you can go wrong questions and every little thing like that that might index in a search engine and then making it bigger than anything else is out there and more comprehensive and, and really outlining that um, in the first paragraph. So it's about, it becomes less about, you know, trying to get a pile of information and putting it out there. It's more about getting a shit ton of really juicy information from everywhere and getting the best bits and spitting it out making it bigger and better than than anyone else is doing and then just sitting and waiting (laughs) (laughs) for a long time (laughs) like people wouldn't think about if you're a tow truck website Mm -hmm. why the heck are you writing all this stuff about car oil 
because engine oil. Well, first of all, because none of the competitors uh, would would be kind of know what's going on. Mm. Second of all, it doesn't matter what industry I'm in. Uh, sooner or later, I, I get to a, a medium ex- expert level. You know, like yeah. I'm across. That's the other thing I love is. In, in evolution over the last three years, you if you want results, you have to be the business. Mm. You know, you can't look at yourself as the marker doing that favour to that person. It's great to be the person that does that thing, uh, but you'll never be known as the, the person that does that thing better than anyone else unless you become the business that you're looking at. Um, you have to make that step. And when you do, that's that's uh, when, when the results come, uh, the commitment's there, the enjoyment's there. You know, clients yeah. love it when I go visit them. You know, I read the orthodontics practice the other day and I'm sitting there, you know, putting on scrubs and, and sitting the orthodontist in the chair who's just bought his, a new business that he never would have done without us. So, well, he yeah. could have done without us, but it may have been more of a struggle because the practice that he's also got maybe wouldn't have been generating leads yeah. as well as what it is. So yeah, that's really cool. So obviously immersing yourself in your client's business. Well, there's no yeah. fun if you don't. Yeah. You just become a guy that's behind a computer, and that's not what digital hitman is about. It's, no. You know about bloopers. It's about supporting the clients. It's um, well, when you, you're talking long game, so that's mm, relationship, not transaction. It's about extras. When you're having a relationship yeah. in, like, you have a relationship in your life. You get to know everything in, about that person, mm. your partner, whatever in your life. Mm. And if we take that same thinking and apply it to business, mm-hmm. and this is where one of the things that you know I even challenge my clients on or anyone I work with is, you know, I'm always concerned about my customers' customers. Yeah, definitely. Because the more I can understand about their customers, then it can help me understand more about their business. Mm-hmm. So how to help them stay relevant in the hearts and minds of the people they choose to serve? Well, I need to understand who they choose to serve and mm. what's happening in their world. Then how does that happen mm. here? And then how does that impact my ability to serve those clients? Exactly. And that's... Also, part of the reason why, um, on occasions, you know, I identify that it's not not a, a good fit for mm. the business part, person I'm looking at. You know, like, yep. are they going to be that person that actually cares about the content enough to to make it right? You know, yep. are they are they going to pick up the phone? Are they going to answer emails now? Or are they going to answer them in three months' time? You know, these are all critical things that need to happen to get the results that we want. Are they rude? You know, do they mm. call me an IT guy, which is a big no-no? You know, mm. do they treat me with respect? Do they put me in a position which makes me want to perform? Or yep. do they um, do they treat me like a peasant? You know, like it, it needs to, to be a solid relationship because if it's not, I'm confident enough to know that, that I'll be working with someone within that industry at some point that is a good fit. Mm. So Yeah, you know, you know, too many times people look at, you know, don't need a master-slave relationship here with your clients. Mm. You should be both there to lift each other and help each other succeed 100%. and thrive. You know, if you find yeah. those types of clients to work with, mm. I mean, that, that just makes everything better. It does. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So, so having those systems and, um, you know, being the business was really a big big evolution for yeah. digital hitmen. It's going on right now. Mm. Like it's, um, you know, as I said, I'm, I'm vulnerable in every essence mm. at the moment. Yep. You know, I'm going through a big personal shift. Yep. Um, I'm going through a huge business shift as well. And if we don't, then uh, we either stay here or we'll go backwards. So yeah. these things, um, yeah, it's a, it's a constant thing. You've got to earn the right to be in the room every day. And right now, I feel like um, I've got to work real hard to keep earning that right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's, um, you know, when I talk about you know um, business love, so it's like even with your partner, I every day I, I in my mind with my wife, I think, how can I win her love today? Mm. And it's the same thing with my clients. It's the same mm. thing because you know that. Um, you know, too many business will win win a client over, or you'll get, mm. really, and then you forget about them because you're trying to win the next one. Mm. But you got to keep winning that love every day. Yeah, 
You do. And that means to be, you know, once again, obviously, be vulnerable and be open and be willing to learn mm. and be understanding that, you know, that's going to take you to, you know, um, places where you haven't been yet and you're going to have to go and, and think differently and do things differently and challenge mm. yourself to be more for that person. Mm. Exactly. And this is why it's so important from an evolution point of view, especially if the leaders aren't willing to evolve in the business and let go to let grow or whatever you want to call it, mm. is, um, well, then the rest of the team aren't going to be able to do it either. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, yeah. If you can become the best you can be, that allows you to help your team become the best that they can be, and mm. then they can be the best for your clients, and guess mm. what? Your clients deserve your best. Mm. And I'm excited because I haven't always been the best. Yeah. I haven't been the best version of what I can be. Mm. So I don't know if I've ever been that, to be honest. I don't know if you ever will be. Yeah. Well, you know, so one of the questions I ask people is, that, you know, have you peaked? Mm. You know, something like, you know, people think of... Oh, beautiful I, thing about business. Yeah. You know, when you, when you've, when you reach the peak, mm. when you're standing on the top of the peak, what, no matter which way you face, what's the only direction you can go? Mm. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So when people say, you know, I'll see you at the top of the mountain or whatever, I say, I don't know what mountain you're climbing, but I'm building the mountain as I climb it. Mm. Because to me, I, I don't want to ever peak. Yeah. You know, I'm willing yeah. to, you know make mistakes and learn because this is who I got to be who I am I'm going to have to continue to do that to become who I need to be mm. to be the best for the people I choose to be mm-hmm. yeah so it's pretty uh, pretty awesome to mm. see that you're on that journey mate which is great yeah absolutely yeah so, it's, um, so let's think about so going forward into the next three years you know what what do you what do you see or what are your predictions for the next three years um, with all the stuff we have going on currently as we move into a let's either call it a redefined or recomposed world mm. um you know, part of me thinks, well, we haven't suffered long enough for human behavior to shift totally because everyone's just ready to jump right back. You can only see as soon as they relax some of the rules, all of a sudden mm. human behavior became its finest again over yeah. the weekend. Yep. Um, but what do you see? What are your thoughts going forward into the future? Look, I see um, one thing I'd like to say is um, I'm a massive competitor. I love competing. I love winning. Um, yeah. I'm not going to lie. No. Um, so I see, um, I see high levels of competition for things, you know, like uh, in terms of, you know, people wanting to get out of the rat race uh, since, I don't know if it's because I'm directly around it or whatever else, but, you know, the grass is always greener for, for a lot of people that are stuck uh, be behind a desk or in a job um, listening to someone that, that they don't want to work for or whatever else. So I think that there's a lot of low-level competition um, I think the opportunity is going to be uh, being brilliant at what you do and being the authority um, and being able to identify yourself as the authority. And it's getting harder because, you know, terms that, that you use to describe yourself now um, become cliche in about six months. So uh, everyone catches on, you know, the word algorithm or, mm. you know, whatever it is. So I think you've really got to remove yourself from all the bullshit and just really focus about being the best. Um, for those people that do it, there, there's going to be a massive divide between those people and the people that always aspire to do that. Um, and the people that are that are going to have access um, to the people that want to be that, you know, whether they want to teach it or, or just do that thing and be the best at it and scale that. So I just believe uh, the opportunities in long term because everyone's thinking short term at the moment um, and I think that's going to continue on you know when there's adversity and crisis people change their opinion and ideas very quickly and try and make a quick buck as well and then there's people that identify you know what the overall problem actually is and and work towards something that it's going to take um, a hell of a long time a lot of you know resources a lot of heartache blood sweat and tears and time Um, so yeah I can't predict the future and I think that's a really exciting thing 
Um, I think technologies is going to continue to evolve. Um, I think, you know, certain job roles are already getting cut at the moment as well. Um, but where there's change, there's just so much opportunity. Like, I, I just don't think there's been a better time to be alive. Like, there's there's so mm. much opportunity right now. You could go in any direction. You could literally, uh, you know, walk out the door here, uh, look at a, a Facebook ad for, for selling products on Amazon, and you, all you need to do is dedicate yourself to that for the next, you know, two years, and you'd be, um, if you, you gave it a red-hot crack, reinvested, listened, did another course, became the authority... You, you could build your course yourself. You could be making millions selling those products. You know what I mean? Like it's limitless. You can be in any country. Um, I heard heard about another girl the other day that, that you know I think she moved here from Thailand. And it, apparently in Thailand there's just an abundance of people that, that really want to understand English, in in particular Australian English. And all of a sudden she went from zero uh, to living with a partner over here and not earning her money. I think he was an insurance broker yeah. to to well overdoing his income. You know, thirty thousand plus a month. You know, wow. teaching people online uh, in Thailand how to speak English so they can pack their bags and move over here. Well, you know, majority of those people may never do that, but you know, for well, they the can't price, right now. <laughs> yeah, can't write. I've got a drum button there somewhere. Yeah. I don't know which one it is, though. Levi, I'll be here all week, folks. You know, there's a really frustrating the and there's, your waitress. There's a really frustrating button. When you press it, you've got to wait for the song to end, yeah. and it takes like 30 seconds. So you just be sitting there with your guest, and it's really <laughs> awkward. Yeah. So yeah. So I, I agree with you, and I think you know one of the things I've challenged people on is, I think going forward, you know you should just do what you do best and outsource the rest. Yeah, you know, I agree with that. Because, you know, mm. even going forward as organizations, I've, I've never really understood why an organization that has its full-on accounting department or its HR department, it has mm. all these, when it's, it doesn't do accounting or HR. Yeah. You know, yeah. like for the, for the stuff and the resources you need, there's so many talented out there that, mm. you know, focus on what it is you do best. A hundred percent. I couldn't you know, agree or, more. Or whether you need the whole HR department or the whole yeah. accounting. You might need an HR person mm. or whatever who does the liaison or whatever. But mm. I would challenge organizations to start really focusing on what you do best and outsource mm-hmm. the rest and, and yeah. go hardcore and every, all in on that thing that yeah. it is that you do best. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think, um, you know, get, be, what do you become world famous for in that mm. sense? You know? Because anytime you put resources to anything else, you start to dilute mm. that thing that you're the best at. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, you're absolutely right. And that to me is part of the whole evolution process. Sometimes evolution isn't increasing your capacities, it's releasing some of the things that you're not good at. Yeah. You know, and it's actually simplifying things, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think that's really uh, powerful. And I, and I agree with you, it's still going to be long term thinking because there's too many people right now still thinking short term. 100%. You it's know, where the opportunity is, it's long term. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's you where know, it'll always be. Yeah. So predictability is out the window, right? Mm um, you know, we used to have predictable 10 years of this, 10 years of that. Now predictability is out the window and we're mm. what our generation's most uncertain of times. Mm. But this should be the best of times because mm. there's no opportunity in predictability. But as you've already said, there's plenty of opportunity in uncertainty mm-hmm. because nobody has a clue of what should be done or how it should be yeah. done or anything like that. Yep. So the ones who go out there and listen mm. and discover and things like that and find out where the need or the gap in the market and the market in the gap is mm. and go all in on that, Mm. and are prepared for a long-term journey to do it, they're the ones who are going to win. Mm. And also the ones that you know can identify when, when it's not viable anymore. And it's, Correct. It's but that's when you can, mm. as part of your evolution process, and how do you, turn, how do you like, stay relevant? Because mm. they're always listening, learning, searching mm. to be able to move with the market. Because mm. um, you know, why you do what you do, I firmly believe, 
won't shift, but how and what you do can and will change all the time. Dramatically. Right? So, you know, mm. what, what the service, even the SEO services and stuff and the algorithms and all this, whatever fancy words you guys have in your industry, mm. um, what people want or how people want it or how those things are provided can and will change going forward into the future. Mm. Exciting. Yeah. How exciting is that? It's amazing. Yeah. So More efficient, hopefully. Yeah. Mm. Right. Depending well, on who's behind it. Yes. Well, <laughs> if it's digital hitman, it will be. Um, <laughs> but actually, uh, I'll just quickly qualify on that, that it'd be more effective. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm all about effective first, efficient second. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's striving for more efficiencies, which is making sure we're doing everything right, but you mm. could be working on all the wrong things. Exactly. Which is why people grow and they're very efficient, but mm. then they run out of business because they become ineffective or in, in value, or sorry, not, not, no value to people. Very, very true. All right, mate, so we're getting towards the end. So one of the fun parts I like to do at the very end of this uh, podcast is... I have a random set of 31 questions. (laughs) And you can ask why there's 31 if you want, but there's 31 to choose from, and you get to pick a number between 1 and 31, and Mm -hmm. we're going to ask that question, but the only thing is you must answer it. Okay, seven. Seven. Oh, okay, that's a nice, lovely question. (laughs) So seven, question seven is, what is the most unexpected thing someone did for you? The most unexpected thing? Any time in life. Mm, That is a really tough question. Sorry, take a moment to reflect on it. Yeah. We'll just play some elevator music while you think. <laughs> the most unexpected thing that someone's ever done to me. Mm. I'm struggling to come up with one. The most unexpected thing that someone's I mean, done to me. Something just blew your mind. They're just like you didn't expect it from them. It's a really negative one. It's a really negative one. Oh, I, I, I didn't say I, positive. I just said the most unexpected thing. Getting punched in the face. <laughs> Like literally punched in yeah. the face. It was unexpected. Yeah. I was at a party. By somebody you knew? No. Just, okay. just a guy. I was talk, talking to a girl and um, yeah, I got Wasn't his in. girl by chance, was it? Well, I don't know because I was knocked out. <laughs> so that's probably the most unexpected thing that anyone's ever done to me. It wasn't wasn't a great circumstance to be in, but it's yeah. the only thing that comes to mind. Like, Fair enough. I know that there's a lot of unexpected things mm. um, and... Uh, yeah, <laughs> that would be the top of the list. Wow. All right, fair enough. Thank you for that. That's yeah. right. It didn't say positive or negative. It just said unexpected. <laughs> I'm very honest. And I tell you what, that's great. And you know what? I wouldn't be expected to be punched in the face. <laughs> 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 All right, mate. So, so thank you for for joining us uh, on the Evolution of Business Show. You know, it's really great to you know hear about your own personal evolution in terms of your, um, uh, you know, shifting your thinking to what other people think as well. That evolution mm-hmm. of opening your mind to other people's thoughts and uh, what you learned through SEO, which was really cool, and obviously the the evolution of the business through systems and tools, um, and then really focusing on our best going forward. Um, and playing that long game. So there's some really great nuggets in there that people can take away from this. But if they want to learn more about the, the Levi mm-hmm. Saunders, um, uh, where, what, give us the best place for them to go look for you. Uh, look, I think um, Digital Hitman's always a, a good reflection of, of how things are going, uh, I guess, for the, the marketing agency and anything else that we've got going mm-hmm. on with clients. Um, my personal social media, I've never really gone too hard into it, um, yeah. but <laughs> it's just that. It's personal. I literally just put up anything that I'm thinking yeah. on my story or whatever else. <laughs> so it, it, it is a good place to do that. Um, I'm but sure Digital I'll, Hitman is the best place to go. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Hire a hitman. Yeah, definitely. I think that's probably the the best reflection, I guess, of, of who who I am and what I believe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, you know, I encourage people to, to message me on socials and stuff as well. I get a real kick out of that. Yeah. Um, I like to hear about other people's journeys because you always learn something. 
Yeah. Um, you know, well, I learned a lot today. I thought I knew a bit about you, but I didn't know. <laughs> now I know you do all that water polo. You're used to having your shirt off. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, no. cool uh, yeah first one back the other way. Because still very fast. Score to goal. Very yeah. happy. Very <laughs> good to see. Yeah. Didn't get punched in the face. No, no. I didn't actually. got hit in the eye, though. But yeah. um, no, there's, there's no scars or anything like that. Yeah. Might look like I've been hit in the eye. I had a rough night's sleep last night. So, yeah. <laughs> so Digital Hitman's website, best place to go? 100% digitalhitman.com.au, um, you know, it's where you, you might notice some or other other businesses and stuff that we built through Digital Hitman and stuff being there as well. So yeah, that, that's probably the best place that I would go. Um, or if you want to get personal, then just hit me up on Instagram and I'll, I'll get a good laugh out of that as well. Yeah. So P- Please don't physically hit him up. <laughs> no, <laughs> please don't physically hit me up. Hit me up for a coffee. Um, I love coffees, love caffeine, massive yeah. caffeine enthusiast. What's your coffee, go-to coffee? Um, Cheeky Boys in Ardross Street. Yeah, is, but what's the coffee? Oh, yeah, nice sure. Nice plug for Cheeky Boys, by the way. Oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll tag them in. Cheeky um, Boys, Cheeky Boys. <laughs> yeah, free coffee. <laughs> what, get get what, four and get one free. Yeah. What's your favourite thing in the cup? Uh, I have a short Mac topped up. And, I'll, yeah, I've been that way for a very long time. So. Short Mac topped up. Yeah, it's great because you get the caffeine hit. Yeah. A uh, little bit of milk in there, still tastes like a coffee. You can mm. get it down really quickly, go back to work, do what you mm. need to do, and it gets presented to you in a little cup as well. So it's always a bit of a good talking point as well. <laughs> it looks cute. Yeah, <laughs> it really does. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Levi, for joining us on the Evolution of Business mm-hmm. Show, mate. Uh, and thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that uh, your life story and that with us. And, uh, mate, anybody wants uh, SEO or web design. Uh, Anyone wants a chat. Lead conversion or just mm. a chat over a good short Mac topped up <laughs> at Cheeky Boys in... In, in Ardross Street. Ardross Street. Ardress Street. Yeah, in Applecross. If in I got Applecross. it right, which I probably didn't. Yeah, okay. So, but anyway, all good. He'll, <laughs> it's he'll, a made-up place. <laughs> he'll meet you there. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, mate, so thank you so much. Really, It's been really enjoyable getting to know you a bit thanks, more. Thanks, And thanks for sharing that. Yeah, and thanks for letting me be on your show as well. Oh, you know, I feel like I'm, uh, I'm hip and shouldered by greatness either side with uh, these mate, interviews. Um, so. so will everybody else. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, my pleasure. Cheers. All right, thank you. Thanks, man. <laughs> Awkward handshake. <laughs> Get out from behind the mic. <laughs> All right. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>